It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, uh, welcome in, everybody. Nice to have you with us here. Patrick Johnson on the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. And what a show we have for you today uh, as uh, we will be bringing you, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, one and only uh, Coach Steve Logan. We love to talk to Coach Logan anytime we can get him on. Uh, Today, uh, we're getting him on because, uh, well, again, we want to get him on and... and, uh, Try to talk to him at least once a month during the football season. Uh, so this will be an October visit with him. But uh, the other part of this is uh, Doug Martin uh, is uh, dealing with some family matters right now. And uh, uh, we uh, wish Doug and his family all the very best uh, in that uh, situation uh, right there. And our uh, thoughts and prayers are with uh, Doug and his family. So uh, Doug Martin should be back with us uh, next Wednesday. We'll see. But uh, great to have Steve Logan coming up in about uh, – 14 to 19 minutes uh, from now. Uh, until then, yours truly, we got Jermon uh, in the studios with Philip the Ref Pilkington today. Uh, Pilk, you're back on the uh, split shift, the old uh, TOT in the morning and uh, PJ show in the afternoon, and then hosting in between uh, Hoist the Colors Radio today because uh, our colleague Stephen Igo is uh, under the weather. So uh, our best uh, Stephen and his family is a... Uh, I've had a little bug travel through the house, and uh, we'll get uh, I go on uh, hopefully back tomorrow, if not uh, sometime this week. But Pilk, how are you? I'm good, Patrick. It's been a full day, but it's been a fun full day. <laughs> we got to talk a little <laughs> UFC this morning. Got to talk a little pirate yes. football earlier, and now we're going to talk to Coach Logan, who I've been fortunate enough to work with of late, and uh, might even yep. talk a little Army joining the AAC here. So it's going to be fun. Yep. We'll do that here in a second. Uh, one other thing I wanted to note, and this is just a, a totally, for me, uh, self-serving announcement, but my name is on the show, so uh, you have that. Uh, of course, for the company, we are up for a Marconi Award. I believe that is the uh, medium market Marconi. There's We're one of five stations with WTIB, our sister talk station that has been nominated for a Marconi. Uh, I found out today another station I do some work for is up for the small market Marconi. Uh, the folks out at uh, Forch Radio in uh, Kentucky. So, uh, you know, Bill, dare I say, Patrick Johnson could be introduced as a two-time, two-time Marconi winner after tonight. Dare I say that? Uh, you definitely could. See, I was coming because you brought that up this morning, but you didn't bring up the other station. And you talked about how you got back on Henry's show and then it got nominated. Right. But I was going to argue right. that you had been on Henry's show before, no nomination. Then I got here. And we all of a sudden got nominated on TIB now that I fill in sometimes. But I guess you're the common denominator. Got to admit it. I've got to uh, got to pass it on. There's two stations that you're on. And uh, hopefully you can come home a two-time winner tonight. Best of luck. Two-time. Two-time. I told you, Bilk. P-Man equals awards, as you know. All right, we start uh, the uh, Patrick Johnson show. Well, anyway, good luck to all the stations tonight. Good luck to my friends out in Kentucky at uh, Forch Radio, and uh, also good luck to uh, Henry there in New York tonight. He he met James Brown today uh, from the NFL on uh, CBS today. Nice. The host, studio host, James Brown, yeah. 
So James did not have uh, James had a funky hairstyle situation a couple of years ago on TV, and it was it was something. But uh, he looked good today. Both and Henry looked good. Henry's running around in some some high dollar suits up there in New York. He looks very at home in the Big Apple, I might add. All right. So uh, best of luck to everybody uh, tonight in the uh, Marconi's. Where Rich Eisen, there's another sports tie-in is uh, hosting uh, the award ceremony there everyone a little breaking news for you well as we told you uh many weeks ago we talked about it first and uh then we uh, confirmed it in so many words with the uh commissioner of the american athletic conference uh mike oresco we uh have uh, the latest member of uh the american in football will be army with smu leaving this uh, demands that somebody steps in and uh, makes it a full 14 and uh, it is going to be uh army and we knew that uh commissioner mike oresco when was this uh, pilk about two weeks ago yeah it is whenever basketball media day was i'm thinking two weeks okay. ago sounds right we're gonna go with two weeks right. ago but uh this is what commissioner oresco had to tell us on the patrick johnson show about army joining uh, the American Athletic Conference, which was made official today. Clearly, as you know, we've had some conversations with Army, and that's been public. Right. And, uh, those are ongoing, and I don't, I don't know what the outcome's ultimately going to be. But Army is a great, you know, obviously national brand, obviously uh, a service academy like our Army, uh, you know, would be a great addition to the league. Uh, we don't know in the end. We have some things we have to work through, and we don't know ultimately what they're going to decide. Well, they decided today to join, and they worked through whatever. The big thing today was making sure that the Army-Navy game is played at a time in which uh, it is uh, still going to be the last weekend of the regular season or the weekend before bowl season starts, which would follow championship uh, Saturday in college football, and that will be a non-conference game contested every year. Uh, so both of those institutions retain the rights to that uh, deal, and I think that's a positive thing for uh, the American. I think it's a positive thing for college football. Uh, I like the addition of Army. I know there's some people that are naysaying it on there. Army obviously uh, struggled when they were a member of a conference uh, earlier in this century when they were part of Conference USA, and they had some of the worst years you could find out there uh, this end of Duke. But, uh, you know... Army is a much different program now than it was then. Army is a much different team in the here and now than they were then, even though they're not having a great year this year. But I think you're going to see Army uh, be able to compete at the level, at least of what Navy competes in the American and what some of these other schools that are there. There's only so much money that schools have to spend. And, and you know, I'm going to soapbox it here for you a little bit because – while I'm not a know-it-all pilk, I, I do know some things. And when I hear people in an uneducated manner talk about, well, ECU should go to the Sun Belt. No, they shouldn't. None of those schools can spend at the level in football or any of the sports in the American. Well, you said that might be a good thing. Well, they're not getting the television dollars, nor will they ever command the television dollars in the foreseeable future that the American will be able to command. Having Army is a national brand. Navy is a national brand. They can go to certain parts of the country and play in NFL stadiums and sell a lot of tickets because of the ties to the military. Uh, it's, it's happened time and time again. 
and uh, having those two institutions, I mean, everybody should be having Navy and Army as their military appreciation day across the country and the American because you're going to sell tickets that day. So uh, great move there. Now, I did hear something else today from a very reliable source. Everyone, a little breaking news for you. A basketball-only member from the region could be joining the American. They're in talks at least. And this is a program that has actually had a great deal of success. It's a program in this region, generally speaking, and uh, they could become the 14th member of basketball. Again, with SMU leaving, they're an all-sports member. So you now have that hole to fill in basketball, which this program could do. And I would assume it also means women's basketball. And I actually would assume it would mean all its sports. It is a non-football playing school, much like Wichita State, so that helps it fit pretty nicely. And I don't think uh, it's money to depart its current home is going to be anything that would hold this up. In other words, they could probably get out of the uh, buyout pretty easily and quickly. Uh, So there you go, Pilk. We'll see if that becomes the case, but you heard it here first. Uh, There is a regional basket. In fact, tweet that out. Let's tweet that out. There is a regional uh, college, regional university in the Mid-Atlantic that uh, is reportedly, as I understand it, according to a very reliable source, I wouldn't say reportedly, I would just say according to a reliable source, I understand that a uh, regional, Mid-Atlantic region university that's had a lot of basketball success uh, is in some form of discussion to possibly joining the American as a basketball-only a member or a non-football member. I, I feel pretty good. Now, whether that materializes or not, I don't know. And there could be discussions with several other institutions of that same ilk, but this would be a, a pretty big move for the American to, to if this works out. And I actually am very positive uh, that uh, it would be a great move for the American if it works out, and it would up the ability to get multiple teams uh, out of the conference into the NCAA tournament, which at the end of the day is what, really you want to get you want to end up in the NCAAs you want to end up in the NIT with uh you know your top half of your league ideally in those postseason tournaments uh speaking of the postseason the Atlantic Coast Conference is hosting its basketball media days they held the women's yesterday um so be that as it may I think it's out in Charlotte uh today uh the men's basketball media day is taking place and uh apparently there's a discussion uh, maybe it was just bandied about Pilk. I'm not sure, but uh, it, it seems like that the ACC tournament would not take all members in the future. It would be a limited field in the ACC tourney. So more blasphemy as it becomes the all-coast conference uh, as far as these new additions being able to compete for a bid to the postseason. But, I mean, you've got 18 schools competing, uh, competing for the automatic qualifying bid now that's a multi-bid league because of the pedigree of the top half of the league year in and year out but i mean still you're adding on people to to come on and i just it, it ain't your granddaddy's acc tournament anymore that's and look i'm a basketball fan i i, I grew up like a lot of people in the region in the east watching uh the acc tournament and uh, it, it, it was kind of the, you know, sign that March Madness was here. And uh, now it is 
uh, going to change even greater than it has. And who knows where it'll move to now? You know, they've been dying to hold it in New York annually. Uh, it may return there. It may, uh, in the future beyond its current deal, uh, be played in, who knows, somewhere out west, maybe in Texas. We'll see. All right. Uh, that is our uh, opening drive update here for you. The big news, uh, Army joining the American today in football. We'll get Steve Logan's thoughts on that. We'll also uh, talk uh, pirate football with the uh, winningest coach in ECU football history. And uh, we'll also uh, talk about just in general what's going on in college football. And I want to ask Coach Logan a little bit about Bryce Young. So we have a lot to get to here uh, in the next segment. Stay with us. The great Steve Logan, who's the host of the Logan Zone Fridays at 5 on 94.3 The Game and our talk properties is joining us next. Remember the days when you... Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. All right, honored and uh, thrilled to have uh, Coach Logan with us. Uh, Steve Logan can be heard every Friday at 5 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game, 103.7 WTIB, Talk 96.3, and the IBX Media app with the Logan Zone, which is just killing it uh, on uh, Fridays uh, here in Eastern North Carolina. Coach Logan's uh, been good enough to join us today to talk some football. Coach, what's biting this time of year down at the beach? What are you catching? Mm, king mackerel. Okay. The king mackerel. The king mackerel bite is on, and uh, mm-hmm. I've been out a couple of times, and uh, we've had a couple of strikes and a couple of fish, and uh, we inadvertently landed a fifty-pound amberjack about three really? days ago, which they they are uh, known to inhabit the same waters that you go to fish for the king mackerel. So, a fifty-pound amberjack was. 20, 20 minutes on medium tackle and two Advil at the end of the fight for me. <laughs> uh, well, look, can't beat it. And uh, great weather this weekend. I'm looking forward to trying to get down to the beach uh, this uh, weekend. Unde- with... Undefeated this time of year. It's beautiful oh. like everywhere in October, yeah. but this place is special. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh we talked to you a few months ago. We talked to you on the pregame, which I appreciate, and I, and I thank you greatly for coming here today. Um, as far as the radio show, let's start there before we start delving into football. Has it been fun to be back on on radio, and has that been a good kind of outlet for you like it uh, always was years and years ago and throughout the years in Raleigh and other places? Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it, and particularly, I mean, the real uh, change – that was that made it possible is the fact that uh, Mr. Henry has provided me with a traveling studio, so I can. In fact, this this coming Friday, uh, my wife and I are going to go to Waynesville, North Carolina, uh-huh. which is yeah. way out in the mountains, and we are going to do the Logan Zone Radio Show from Waynesville. <laughs> so it, that's what it, that's what that's what makes the radio show possible because you know you're tied down to a studio, which right. I was for all those years, which was fine. But, uh, that kind of, you know, I valued my, uh, uh, just ability to move around and, but this made it easy. So, um, have Mike will travel. 
uh, Waynesville, America. So that's good. We, yeah. we all, we ought to do, we need to figure out. Yeah. My, my wife's family used to have a home up in, uh, Franklin and I just love going up there. We, we need to figure yeah. out how we can get all of our shows done, uh, from the casino in Cherokee. That's what we ought to do. Just do a day's <laughs> worth of shows up there. Do it from the sports book. Wouldn't that be great? I'm, I'm on. I'm going to tell you something that, you know, one of the few afflictions that hasn't visited me is that of a gambler. <laughs> I've, I've never gambled. And I've, I've said publicly on my radio shows, you know, people will uh-huh. call in from time to time and they'll say, right. what do you think about so-and-so beating so-and-so? And I tell them, I say, look, I coach those knuckleheads for 40 something years. And uh-huh. I don't know what they're going to do after coaching them. And you people that are betting on these games, you need serious <laughs> therapy. Because it's just a, it's nothing more than an affliction because there's yeah. just no way, you know, those, I mean, don't get me started, but anyway, I know some people enjoy yeah. it and hopefully they do it in a relatively healthy fashion, but man, yes. you better be careful down that road. It is uh, a treat to talk to coach Logan uh, here. Uh, I'm going to start with something maybe a little different for you here with football. This is the weekend that the Texans are playing at the Panthers. So it's, uh, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and uh, when you look at that, everybody's you know getting on Bryce Young as being a bust. I don't know how much you've watched of the guys. I'm guessing from a quarterback evaluator perspective, you've got all kinds of thoughts on on those two. But uh, when you look at those two quarterbacks, why is it working for one seemingly and not for the other? Supporting cast. Uh talent on defense, you know, and you know, that's an odd thing to say. Right. But, uh, right. look, this, the quarterback journey of which I've got too many years, too much, uh, scar tissue. Okay. There, there are so many competing agendas that are at work in the life of a quarterback. In fact, I just watched an interview with, uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, mm-hmm. just 30, 40 minutes ago. Do you realize that he had four head coaches and four different offensive coordinators in three years at uh, Cleveland? And that, you know, when you start talking about the NFL, and I I can, I'll just give you a little war story. When I went to San Francisco, our backup quarterback was Blaine Gabbert. And Mm -hmm. uh, I, 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 to this day, uh, I really believe, uh, you know, when we made Blaine the starter, out in San Francisco the last, I think, six games of the season, seven games of the season. Um, I was Blaine's seventh uh, quarterback coach in seven years in the league. Wow. And, uh, you know, and it it was – and, of course, I I had a great relationship with Blaine, and I believed in him. And he played really good football for us uh, during that seven-game stretch. But, uh, you know, early on, you know, and I had a real frank talk with uh, Blaine, and I said, look, and I asked him, how many coaches have you had? And he said, seven. And so I said, well, look, there's a reason you should not trust me. There's, ev- there's evidence that you should not trust me. But I want to start this relationship out on this note. Until I screw you, <laughs> I want you to give yourself to me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the way I want to set this table. And he looked at me and he, you know, we hadn't known each other 30 minutes and he said, okay, I can do that. Well, guess what? I just coached him and believed in him and encouraged him and debriefed him. To be honest with you, I, I was constantly debriefing him 
Where did you get that? Who told you to do that? Why did you do that? Where did that come from? And we would kind of, you know, it was a therapy session. And uh, we became very close. He played great football. There was a huge trust factor at work, maybe for the first time in his career. And, you know, we got off on this talking about quarterbacks. Well, hey, Bryce Young's a bust. Well, (laughs) I could go on for six hours why you don't know anything. (laughs) Okay? And you can't proclaim C.J. Stroud as, you know, the second coming either. So, uh, look at the the quarterback out at uh, Seattle. There's a great uh, case study. What's what's Geno the young Smith. man's name? He's from West Virginia. Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith. Yeah. yeah, he comes in and he's thrown 48 million touchdown passes, and he was in an air raid offense at West Virginia, and he came in and he got overwhelmed in the NFL. Goes through three or four coordinators. He gets shifted around the league. Finally, he's in a stable situation. He's in a. He's got a good defense that can where he doesn't have to go and throw a completion every time. And so, you know, you can play a little bit more conservatively and blah, blah, blah. But the kid's playing great. And, uh, you know, he was just trashed and thrown to the wolves. And, you know, uh, like I say, I've got a lot of scar tissue when it comes to talking about quarterbacks. And I can, you know, I can eviscerate a quarterback. Uh, if if one of them is not very good, like anybody can, but right most of the time, most of the time these kids are pretty talented, but they need uh, a good system, and they need a good coach, and they need a good football team before they're going to blossom. So there's that. Are we out of time yet? <laughs> no, we're good. <laughs> We're good. We're we're going as long as we need to go, Coach. With well, you this, today, you got me started. This is all your fault. You got me started. I understand. Yeah. Well, look, okay. I, I, I. This is why we love having you on for this reason. Um, with a situation like ECU, where the defense is keeping you in every game, I have to imagine that it is even more frustrating because if you just some execu- little execution on a play or two better on offense, and and the records different than it is it is right now. I'm sure you've been in a situation where it seems like nothing is going right on offense. So with still a lot of time, we have five weeks, six weeks left in the season. How do you, you know, if, if you were in that position, I know it's maybe not fair to ask that. Let's just say you had a team that was in a position who was, you know, offensively kind of stuck in the mud. When you're doing that evalu- that self-evaluation, that's got to be the thing that's driving you crazy in a, in a season that's not going great for you. Well, let me. I'm I'm not going to evade the question, okay? Okay. I will tell I will tell you exactly what I did, and where I got my wisdom from in a very parallel situation in 1992 before you were born, okay? <laughs> Marcus Marcus Crandall was a redshirt freshman quarterback, and he was very talented. And during his maybe second game of the season, his lower leg was practically torn off of his body mm-hmm. against, I believe, Central Florida. Now, we had eight or nine football games left, and I did not have anything remotely, no resemblance to what could be a, a backup quarterback in, in place. I had a little freshman who was a great kid, you know, but he was overwhelmed. And here's... I went back, and and Bill Walsh, who 
mentored me from afar, and finally I did get to visit with him privately uh, for an extended period of time in the mid-90s. Bill Walsh made this comment, because when he was building the 49er empire, he knew early on he didn't have the quarterback that he needed to run his system. Mm -hmm. But he made this comment in his book, in his writings. He said, I just coached it as if I did have the quarterback I needed. Because the residual effect of that was the tight end was learning something. The wideouts right. were learning something. The offensive line was learning something. Okay? And that's exactly the tack that I took. I just kept coaching my offense, and we could rarely score a touchdown for the next nine football games. Rarely. But in the meantime, my defense was maturing. The first year in 1992, it was 1993 when Mark broke his leg. That, let right, me correct right. that. Yeah. Okay, so in 93, I had hired a new defensive coordinator, and he came in and he was putting fabric into our defense. We went from 127th, which was last in the world in 1992, to 53rd in the nation in 1993 right. with no quarterback and no ability to score. But my point about all this is you ask the question, what would I do? I've done it, okay? And what you do is Run you your just stuff. hang on. Yeah. You just hang on. And you coach it as if you have a quarterback. And uh, this goes back to another Walshism. Have a quarterback or a plan to get one? Well, my plan to get one was I, I went to the doctor. I was at the hospital when Mark went through all of that mess and, uh, you know, I was told he may never come back. Well, I went out recruiting like a maniac, but then Mark did come back. And mm -hmm. when he walked back into that huddle the next year, the rest is history. We won seven football games, went to the Liberty Bowl, and we were a really young football team. We got curb stomped in the Liberty Bowl. That didn't matter. We, we, we proved that there was something going on that was correct, you know, the teaching. The, the, the offensive idea, the program per se. And, but it was done under great duress where there was no hope. None. Zero. There was zero hope in 90, 1993. And the pitchforks and torches were marching down Main Street. Now, all that stuff was going on. Right. Okay. But I'm just saying there's the answer to your question. Well, no, there's an answer to the question. What you, how, how are you going to handle it? And thankfully, you know, I had a, a president that uh, stuck with me, and uh, the rest was history. We went on a great, great, great run from that time on. But th there's, there's, the an there's an answer, and it's as good right. an answer as you're going to get, I bet you. Yeah. There's uh, the game this weekend for ECU at UTSA, and, and i got to think, much like UCF, took off when they got into the American. I, I can see UTSA kind of reaching similar heights because of the hotbed they're in. They're in Texas. they got a great invested fan base. Uh, and going into the game this weekend, they've got a quarterback who has been there since 2017. <laughs> I mean, a seven-year, six, seven-year guy at quarterback. You know, that kind of goes to what you're talking about as well, Coach. There's no replacement for the scar tissue or the experience, is there? Well, I mean, you're speaking just the same thing you would have said about East Carolina last year. 
you had right. a guy that yeah. had played 47 years at the same position, it seemed like. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and, and, and that has a benefit to it. But the other thing is to, you know, what's really important, and I had to do some of this uh, during that time that I'm speaking of, I had to educate the people around me. And, I, I, and like right now, I would be saying, hey, if you'll look up outside of Pitt County, okay, um, why is Ohio State kind of struggling around this year offensively? Why is why did Alabama why why are they just now getting okay on the offensive side of the football? Why is Clemson screwing around on offense and you know it's just not quite right? They're all all three of those programs I just mentioned have a brand new quarterback. Yeah. Now their backup quarterbacks are top drawer type guys, but still yet yeah, you can see the adjustment that's being made. Okay, you got you have to find what attributes are available for this young man in game situations, not practice, game situations. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's what Ryan Day is doing at, at Ohio State right now. That's what Nick Saban's new offensive coordinator was doing in the first four or five games of this season. And it was just the second half of this Tennessee game that Alabama kind of came out of the tunnel and, oh, my God, they look like Alabama again. They scored four touchdowns and four possessions or whatever happened, happened. But I, But – you know, there's a, if people, we all live in this bubble, you know, the Alabama fans live in their bubble and they can't see outside of the, but if anybody has a brain and they can look up from their own little pot of misery or joy, whichever they're <laughs> experiencing at the moment, there's a hell of a lot to learn out there and a lot to absorb and say, hey, oh, wait a minute, let's rethink this a minute. Okay, but, but I mean, Dabo Swinney didn't get stupid. Okay, he's got a quarterback problem. Yeah. And he'll probably get that fixed. Now, I, let me go on about Dabo Swinney, and I'm going to mm-hmm. bring in Mike Krzyzewski into this conversation. You ready? Mm-hmm. You remember when the one-and-done thing started in basketball? Oh, yeah. And people, all of a sudden, they're just getting these guys, and here we go, and we're going to the national championship, and they all graduate the next year, no telling what. But anyway, Mike Krzyzewski pompously pointed out, we ain't doing that at Duke. And then Mike Krzyzewski just started getting curb stomped. Yeah. And pretty soon Mike Krzyzewski said, hey, we're going one and done. And Mike Krzyzewski went right back to the national championship. Am I making that up? No, not at all. No, I'm not making that up. That's an absolute fact. Well, Dabo Swinney has been resistant to the portal. And he's also said they ain't going to do that NIL thing. And I'm sitting there going, hey, yeah. you better call Mike. You better call Mike <laughs> because let me tell you something. The rest of the world is going to move on. And if Clemson doesn't want to do that, somebody, and I mentioned this on my radio show, there's a new, we are entering into a brave new world. Because if Dabo doesn't want to do that at Clemson, let's say the president of Wake Forest tells his football coach, you go into that portal, and we'll give you $10 million of the endowment. I want to win a national championship. Well, if, if a president would ever do that with me as the head coach of Wake Forest, I would absolutely jump for joy and say, let's go, big boy. Because <laughs> we can do that. Yeah. Right. That can be done in this day and age. You can Colorado any program that you want now. And if you don't want to Colorado it, 
you better hang on to your fanny because you're going to get your butt kicked so far up between your shoulder blades, you're going to have to take your pants and shirt off to take a crap. How about that? The wit and wisdom of Coach Steve Logan here. Uh, Logan Zone, 5 o'clock every uh, Friday uh, during the football season, 94.3 the game, and our talk properties, uh, 103.7 and 96.3. Uh, Doug Martin, uh, and uh, we mentioned at the offset of this, Doug's got some uh, family uh, things going on right now, so uh, we're, we're thinking of Doug, great guy. He quotes you a lot. Uh, he's told me this, this, what's going on right now, NIL, Portal, is more devastating for the division in college football than the BCS. And uh, he traces that back to what you were saying about the BCS many, many, what, 25 years ago now. So, uh, nobody listened. Yeah. Is this the kill shot? What's going on now? It is and it isn't. Let's do that. Let's play this game. Let's say it's 1993 and this new horizon we're in is available to, to me in 1993. Okay, my quarterback broke his leg in 93. I'm going into 94. I don't know if I'm going to have him. So I go to now in this day and age, I could go to a well-endowed booster. Okay, and just tell him flat out, I want a half a million dollars from you. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to call Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, UCLA. It doesn't make any difference. I'm going to call every one of those backup quarterbacks. And I'm going to tell them, I got a half million dollar deal for you waiting right here, big boy. And you're the starter the moment you sign this NIL deal. And we're going to fix this problem immediately. I don't have to recruit a freshman and redshirt him and grow him into a quarterback because I'll probably be fired in the meantime. You see my point? <laughs> right. Yeah, I this do. This is a whole... I, this, I would I would love to have had that idea in 1993 because now it's available to everybody. You, I mean, I I still I know for certain that the general collegiate fan base does not understand the sea change that has taken place. I could walk in if you name me the head coach at Southeast Louisiana tomorrow. Let's say they're Division One. Do you know that I could walk in and and wipe the slate clean of all 85 football players there and bring in a whole new 85 in one year? And if I've got the right booster behind me, you better get ready because I'm going to come to play in August because I I could go find enough disgruntled uh, young men. And by that, I mean they're they're, they're frustrated because they're not playing, but they're really good yeah. And I could maybe build a, a second-team SEC football team overnight with the proper amount of money. Right. Let me so, ask you this. We're going to let oh, – you know, go ahead, Coach. I, I'm, go ahead. Not, I'm not making any of that up either. No. Uh-uh. And, and you know, ECU fans, there's a lot that could give to NIL that uh, they don't believe in it. They don't, they don't understand it. They don't like it. None of us like it. But – Tough seasons are ahead if you don't get competitive in that space. Um, thank you for the time today. I'm just going to ask you this going out. We'll have to get you back on soon because uh, it, it's just great to have you on. But uh, would, would you entertain anywhere ever just getting back and calling plays again or head coach? You'd have to have your own NIL 
deal, I guess, if you were going to be coming off the beach, right? Absolutely. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, the, you know, I, I, when I came home from NFL Europe, I was, I was never, ever going to coach college football again, but there was an offer made uh, for the right amount of money and the addendums into my contract that there would be zero recruiting at Boston College. Yeah. And, you know, I had never considered it that way, but I said, yeah, I'll go coach, coach college football if I don't have to. I, uh, it was in my contract. No discipline and no recruiting. I was in charge of scoring touchdowns, and we did that in abundance. So, you know, those kinds of things, when they come along and, uh, you know, nothing is, you don't ever say no because you just don't know what the future holds. Right. But but you can put yourself into a position where it's got to be absolutely perfect, which is rare, extremely rare. Right, right. Uh, Coach, great to talk to you. Enjoy the trip to Waynesville, safe travels, and we'll look forward to hearing the show there uh, Friday uh, from the mountains. Logan Zone from the mountains. This will be a first. <laughs> it's first time for everything. All right, yeah, Coach, man. thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. All right. Great to have Steve Logan on. Uh, that was great. We're going to take a timeout. We'll come back, Philip, with a pirate report in 94.3, the game sports update. We'll get to some cuts from Coach Houston from to, uh, from yesterday. And uh, if we have time, we will uh, talk about the, uh, the new deal with uh, UFC and Bud Light. So let's uh, take a break. We'll come back and have uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94.3, the game sports update on the PJ Show. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. The Pirates will travel to UTSA this weekend, whom play in a dome. Coach Houston talked about preparing for that dome atmosphere earlier this week. You know, we'll try to create as much uh, noise uh, as we can for the offense to try to, uh, you know, mimic uh, what's going to be a very loud environment. Uh, that's what we did when we played in the uh, Fargo Dome up at uh, North Dakota State. That game can be heard right here on 94.3 The Game, a 3.30 kickoff time with the 2.30 network pregame coverage and our Bush Light Pirate Game Day Countdown with Patrick Johnson, Terrace Cop Copper, Joey Football, and Steven Igo will be at 12.30. Last night, the Diamondbacks defeated the Phillies 4-2 in Game 7 to claim their first pennant since 2001. The D-backs will travel down to Arlington on Friday to take on the Rangers at 8 o'clock in Game 1 of the World Series. Last night, the Canes wrapped up their six-game road trip with a 3-0 loss in Tampa. The Canes will be back in action Thursday as they host Seattle. They will try and stop a three-game skid. The Hornets will open the season tonight as they host the Hawks, and the Hornets are three-and-a-half-point underdogs in that contest. Army has joined the American as a football-only member. However, the annual Army-Navy game will still take place on the second Saturday of December as an out-of-conference game. That'll do it for your 94.3 Game Sports Flash update and Pirate Report. On the other side of this timeout, we have more of the Patrick Johnson show with comments from Coach Houston from yesterday's press conference. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. It is uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. Always anonymous text line blowing up. Uh, great interview with Coach uh, Logan. If you miss it, you can go and uh, check it out on uh, 
Our app, uh, the IBX Media app, all of our stations, including this one, uh, can be heard there. Uh, I would check it out on the IBX Media app, but uh, my phone's about to die, Pilk, because uh, the cable that was charging it does not work. I've got a new OtterBox or newer OtterBox, uh, and it, I used to have the thing where I could set it down and it would you know, charge on one of those things or you'd have to plug it, but this OtterBox you have to plug in and... The cables are just going on. Uh oh, Patrick's struggling with technology. We got to call him Coach Logan. He's struggling with technology. <laughs> All right, um, <clears throat> let's uh, dive into uh, the remaining time we have here this afternoon. Our pirate report. And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, ninety four three, the game. All right, uh, Mike Houston saying the message this week is to stay true to who we want to be. The thing I really want to see the kids do, and it was my message to the coaching staff this morning, is just you know stay true to who we want to be, uh, stay true to who I know the kids want to be. Um, you know, do things the right way, uh, prepare the right way, um, and we want to go down there and play the way uh, all of us uh, expect the Pirates to play. And uh, it's going to be a very physical ball game. It's going to be two teams that play really hard. Uh, obviously, we've got to do some better things execution-wise. So we got to do a great job this week preparing the kids uh, for that. Uh, but you know, the the big thing for the players, I just want them to go out there and 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 play the game the way we know we want to play it. Pirate report, Mike Houston, and uh, he talked about uh, what uh, well, just the offense and uh, how things went on Saturday. Obviously, not great. It's not not just necessarily one thing. I mean, uh, you know, at times we we had some positive plays and we had some things that uh, you know we we did well. Um, I think the probably the biggest thing that keeps biting us is consistency. Um, you know, I, I do think that they are a very good defensive football team. I said that last week when we were sitting here, uh, you know, in, in, our, in our press conference. Uh, I think they've got great talent. I think the, they play their scheme very well. Um, and, uh, you know, they've done that all year against a really tough schedule. So, um, you know, those are the kinds of teams we've got to execute really well against. And, you know, having a, you know, a pause to play on first down and then, you know, not doing a great job execution-wise on second down, putting you in the third and long, uh, you know, that's the consistency I'm talking about. And, uh, of course, uh, was asked about is he still confident uh, in his uh, kicker? This is what Coach Houston had to say. The issue was his plant foot. I mean, and, and follow through, um, and just uh, uh, off just a little bit. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, that's something he'll learn from. Um, you know, whether it's the first kick or the second kick, uh, you know, I have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, he has created that confidence by his performance day in and day out uh, in practice and in ball games. I think he has tremendous talent. Uh, I would not hesitate to trot him out there at any in any situation uh, this week. And uh, let's go to. Uh Cut eight here, Pilk, about uh, Raheem Jeter. Will we see him at any point or any more this season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
um, you know, uh, with a lot of those guys that, in that freshman class, which we really like that class, you know, you're going to try to get them, uh, you know, playing time anytime you can. Now, you want to, you know, if, if, if it's the right situation, which, you know, you're trying to, you want to protect their red shirt, um, you know, unless they're playing a lot. You know, if they're playing a lot, then that makes sense to use them a lot. Um, so, you know, you hope to get him in for four games and you hope to get him some snaps under his belt. Uh, obviously, he's improved a good bit since the spring and he will continue to improve, you know, being a true freshman. And uh, when asked if we will see, uh, continue to see the uh, two quarterbacks be employed this week, uh, cut 11, hit it. I want to see us play with more consistency. Uh, and I think that's the key for those two guys. And, uh, you know, both of them have uh, some strengths uh, and both of them have some things they need to improve on. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is, is to continue to help them to come along and, and take advantage of their strengths uh, and to uh, continue to learn from their experiences. And so, you know, look forward to a great week of practice with those guys this week. All right, there's a couple I wanted to talk about uh, on here, but they're both over a minute long. So I think the more germane one uh, would be Coach Houston was asked, would there be a play-calling change at any point? Uh, this was the answer to that. I've watched um, the game multiple times by now and watched it very closely from a standpoint of uh, watching the play call, uh, watching the defensive call, uh, knowing what uh, is supposed to happen with the play call, uh, and you know, seeing where you know, the issues are. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do whatever is best to give the Pirates the best opportunity to win on game day. And, uh, you know, right now we need, to, we need to coach better during the week as far as it comes to execution. And we need to execute the plays that are called better. And that's, that's on us as coaches to prepare the, the players better. Uh, and so, you know, right now that's my focus. Um, but, you know, you know, I'm not happy with where our record is and I'm not happy with the way we're playing. Um, and I know that we've got to put points on the board. I know we've got to you know, play more consistent offensively. Um, you know, so I'm going to always be evaluating every aspect and do you know, what is best to give the Pirates the best opportunity to be highly successful on game day. And, uh, and that's where we are. All right. Uh, anyway, I, I think this is a good place to stop it today because uh, we're almost out of time for the show. Uh, thanks to Steve Logan for being with us uh, here today. Coach Logan was great on the program. Best of luck tonight to uh, our uh, IBX colleagues and Henry Hinton in New York for the Marconi Awards. There is a chance, Philip Pilkington, that this time tomorrow you can call me two-time Marconi Award winning broadcaster Patrick Johnson because if WTIB wins, I'm claiming it. And if the station I do some work for in Kentucky wins, I'm claiming it. So just know that, Pilk. If you this happens, with a, Patrick yes. will show up with a tattoo on his forehead tomorrow. I just want everyone no, to know that. He no, will. I'm not going to do that, but I will I will get a shirt that says two-time, two-time Marconi a winner if uh, both win, just so you know. Okay, I can I'm respect that. It. Hey, we already got your I'm custom Working Man's Beach Surf City t-shirt, so heck, I gotta why not? i got to find that. I don't know where that is because I'm, I'm headed down there this weekend, so I need to get it. All right, uh, you got yours. Uh, thanks to Philip, thanks uh, to Jermon, and uh, thanks to Steve Logan. Tomorrow, Jim Zoki will join us. Lots to talk about with Zok. I'll be back in the morning hosting Talk of the Town. Trip McGee will join us. And uh, best of luck again to Henry and uh, WTIB and IBX at the uh, Marconis tonight in New York. Also, uh, back here at 5 o'clock with Zoke tomorrow. Take care.